Hey girlfriend, on the Get Confident podcast today, we are speaking with a guest, Leslie Rochelle. She's based in Canada. I love when we have international guests. It's so fun. Today, we are talking all about career leadership. Now, I know we've had an episode on this before, which was awesome, but this one is also awesome. Awesome. Different perspectives, different insights, different examples. It's all amazing opportunities for us to expand our thinking, to learn and to grow more about ourselves so then we can show up fully and fulfilled within our everyday life. So throughout this episode, we are talking a lot about your career and how you can really become that go-to person, be that leader who doesn't have to be recognized as the leader. You know, you might not be a manager, but you embody what leadership means, right? And that is going to help you progress in your career. So that is enough from me. I hope that you love this episode. Please subscribe to the Get Confident podcast and share this episode with a friend of yours who you know could use the inspiration and is going to get something out of it. Every single time you talk about this podcast, you share this podcast, it helps us to spread the message, to grow the community and to help women create more confident and fulfilled lives for themselves. So let's keep that good stuff going. Enjoy the show. I'm Janelle Hosking and you beautiful are here to get confident. No more self-doubt, no more overthinking, no more what ifs. I'm helping you grow your confidence so you can live a fulfilled life. Welcome to the show. Leslie, so happy to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really great. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You are so welcome. I just get blown away by the internet and the powers that be every single time I have a conversation with somebody on the other side of the world, because right now, as we are recording, it is 3 p.m. New Zealand time, but it is 9 p.m. where you are right now. It is. (laughs) And is that coffee you're drinking? Hopefully you're not so tired. No, it is water. No coffee at this time of night. Otherwise, I will be up for long time to go. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I hear you. Okay, that's good. Hydration is key. Just had to make sure that we weren't, you know, keeping you up too late at night. No, no, no. <laughs> now, what I love to do with our guests, just as a way to get to know you a little bit more before we get into, you know, the goodness of the conversation, mm-hmm. uh, is a little this or that. So you just have to choose the option that is most relatable to you in your life currently. Are you ready for it? Absolutely. Beautiful. Okay. Would you rather, or are you better at writing or speaking? Speaking. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. What about the concept of being a teacher or being a student? Being a teacher. (laughs) What do you love about being a teacher? Uh, I love the educating process and really helping someone uh, grasp a concept on something. So yeah, I would say teacher for sure. Mm, I have to agree. I love the concept of, you know, being in, being in the coaching world and spending a lot of your time helping others. You, you in a way are a teacher, you know, that's what you're doing. You're helping mm-hmm. to teach people things. And it's, um it's beautiful to enjoy the, the process of teaching people things. So I love that. We've got that one in common. Um, <laughs> are you the person that everybody calls in an emergency or are you the person that people come to for a laugh? Uh, probably an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have this thing and I'd like some support on it. Okay, 
<laughs> I've got you. We'll sort it out. That's right. <laughs> okay. Would you say that you're so really like social butterfly, sociable, or more prefer hanging out alone, alone time kind of vibe? Um, typically, I love my alone time. It's something that I absolutely need. Um, mm. I love people. I love my alone time as well, though. So it, mm. it, takes, it, it has to take priority for me so that it makes, you know, when I'm spending time with a lot of people easier. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. And I think that's that's a really fascinating awareness or realization is that if you don't have that alone time, you're actually not going to be able to function your best when you're with others. So you need that time to, you know, take a break and to refill your cup. So I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple more, text message or phone call? Text message for quick little things, um, but a phone call if we're having an actual conversation on something, um, it's way quicker and uh, it gets more to the to the core of what you're needing to talk about as well. So yeah, if it's quick, hey, let's meet at this time, messages back and forth, yeah, absolutely text because then a conversation will go on way too long. Um, other than that, yeah, phone call. It's good. Connection is great. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. It is nice being able to hear somebody else's voice sometimes, for sure. Last question. Now, this is to do with your devices or your phone, mm-hmm. Apple or Android? Apple. Oh, my gosh. We're ending the interview. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is Apple, so it's just, just kind of go with Apple, right? So That's what people say is yeah. if you, you know, have one thing Apple, it just makes life so much easier to have everything Apple. I think they did that on purpose, didn't they? Oh, of course. Yes. It's great marketing. <laughs> if you have one, you got to have more. Great. <laughs> okay. Now, Leslie, the beautiful ladies at home are like, can you just get into it? We want to hear all of the goodness. So to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and some of your story that led you to being here with us today? Perfect. So thank you um, again. I, I really, um, and I'm enjoying being here. You are fantastic. I am uh, an intuitive leadership accelerator. So what I really do is I help to take um, entrepreneurs and business owners, owners who are new to that leadership space. I get to help them build their foundations from the human aspect of them, which then overflows into their, into their business. So they're leading their business, perhaps they're um, bringing on new team members, et cetera. So I help them understand what true leadership really looks like. It's not just simply giving a task to someone um, or being a manager or a supervisor. A leader really is in a class all its own. And I help people to really understand and and dig in and find out who their best leader is because their Mm. best leader is not going to be the same as anybody else's on it. Absolutely. And what, what led you to this point? You know, did you have an experience in your own career where you had to become a leader or what did that look like for you? That, yes, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Right, right, right on the money there. I spent, um, you know, the last 15 years before coming into uh, my coaching practice, uh, full-time coaching and mentoring practice full-time is I worked for an oil and gas company um, here in Canada. And as you can appreciate, it is incredibly male dominated. And mm-hmm. it was, I was at a field, field site. And, you know, there was one point in time where I was told, I will never be a coordinator or have that title because mm-hmm. I didn't have a trade. Wasn't an elect. I'm not an electrician or an instrumentation technician or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet they put me in charge of people. 
and which was fine at the time. So I never really had any of the ambitions to do anything more than, than, than that um, within that particular company. And then all of a sudden they did this whole reorganization. They were changing everybody's lives up and they asked me to take a, a role leading people and wow, in a, in a larger degree. And at, I said, no, <laughs> Why did you say no? Well, I said no at first because I really felt I didn't know how, what a, what the definition of a true leader was, wow. which was leading the people. I thought, well, I can't sit in that professionals of a planner or a scheduler. I can't wow. sit in their seat if they're sick, if they're absent. So wow. it must mean that I'm not, you know, I shouldn't be taking this role. Mm. And then they asked me to reconsider. And really told me that, you know, really what we want you here for is one, we believe in you. And mm. two, we want you to lead the people and you have the skill set in order to do that. So I, they said, you know, you've got 24 hours. So I, oh, I said, sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I, I did, I did go home and think about it. And <laughs> one of the first things that I said to myself was I'm going to take this really what's the worst that could happen. I mean, I did find out um, what that really was. Um, but it was really putting myself out there. And the first little while of being in that role was hard. I was the first visible female leader at our site location. So often I was the only woman in the room, um, you know, surrounded by a bunch of men. And I didn't have anybody to follow per se uh, within that organizational, within that organizational space. And I made it really difficult on myself because what I brought to them was I just thought, this is who they need to have. So there was a lot of, a lot of action. There's deadlines, this, that, and the other thing. So I put a lot of energy in to um, my role, mm -hmm. which left eventually left me completely and utterly depleted. I was so oh overwhelmed. Gosh. I was so frustrated until really I had my own, I hope it's okay. I say this. It was my come to Jesus moment. And I just knew <laughs> that I just knew that something needed to change Otherwise, it's going to break me or my family, right? Um, I was on shift work, so I'd work, you know, 80 hours within seven days, and then I would have the seven days off, and it took me. Oh, my me, God. I know. <laughs> it's a lot. And it took me two days to recover from that. And I thought, I can't keep going on like this. I had no. to send my son to daycare. Who is my miracle child in the first place? And I just knew that something needed to change. So this is really when I went um, in, in internal on it. And then I decided after going through my own process and mm. really starting to, instead of just survive, really thrive mm. in that space that I thought I could help other people do this. And from that space of curiosity and learning about mm. uh, learning about myself is that I did become the go-to person. I did take a broken team and, and create a dream team. I inherited a broken team. And wow. I really created that dream team. And I thought, well, somebody should be doing this, right? Marrying that personal development with that leadership space. And I didn't find it for myself. So I thought, well, I can do that, right? I can mm. help them with that. And the, really the passion was helping the earlier version of myself. It's really where that started to come from. And I thought, okay, well, I could do that as well too. Mm. But really the passion now is um, supporting, you know, those coming up new into that, into their leadership roles and whether they're, you know, in corporate, yes, I help people in corporate as well, not just business and, and, uh, mm. and, and entrepreneurs, but really helping them step into their best leaders so that they can start to thrive because it doesn't have to be as hard as what we're actually making it out to be. Yeah. So mm -hmm. going back to 
the I guess the beginning of what that leadership journey looked like for you Mm -hmm. it was you were in a a corporate role where you had an opportunity to step into leadership but your (laughs) let's say your your view or your prior knowledge of what leadership looked like wasn't the skills that you thought that you had but the reality is you had everything or else they wouldn't have thought of you as being the perfect person for the job you just had to kind of re-educate yourself on what leadership actually looks like is that right that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it took, okay. some, you know, it took, um, you know, looking at some of the limiting beliefs that I really did have, understanding what it was, having an amazing leader myself, like he, super amazing uh, human being. Mm-hmm. And he was really the one that showed me, no, we don't need you to be the subject matter expert. We need you to lead yeah. the people. Mm-hmm. It's a very, there's a differentiation there when you get into higher level leadership roles you're not the subject matter expert anymore you surround yourself with subject matter experts but and you, you lead no long- yeah you are no longer that that subject matter expert though there is other people to do that you're leading them yeah yeah absolutely and that definitely would be a very rewarding wild challenging position to be in because like you mentioned being um you know one of the only females that was doing this within the organization and potentially even the industry at the time there was uh, a lot of learning and growth opportunities and what I hear you saying about your your manager or say the boss of the of the company is it's so impactful and so beneficial to have Mm-hmm. somebody who is I guess mentoring you and supporting you along the way that doesn't always happen in every organization though what would you say to somebody listening who feels like they are either wanting to step into some kind of leadership position in their organization or maybe they already are but they don't have that higher up support person or mentor who can mm-hmm. help them along the way what's a piece of advice you would give to them that's encouraging and that can kind of help them through it? I would really say you don't have to look within your own organization for that. I mean, if, if it's there, that's fantastic. Some mm. companies have actual programs, mentorship programs that they, yeah. that they, that they run. Um, but for those ones that don't really look to find somebody who has what it is that you want, the mm. things that you'd like to achieve and go have a conversation with them right? Start by that. How did you get to where you were at? Right? Mm -hmm. Nobody gets to where they're at by themselves, right? There's always, there's always help um, along the way. Every great leader has a mentor or a coach, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In in, in their lives. Um, The probably the worst place to be in is thinking, I'm a natural born leader, and I don't need any help. That's probably the person that needs it the most because they don't have that awareness about themselves to um, really understand that you don't know everything. No one knows everything, right? Mm-hmm. So having having that person really by your side that you can uh, bounce ideas off of and really um, get some tools and strategies and tips on you know how to how to do this thing that you're currently challenged that you're currently challenged with. People are out there. And, you know, it's just really a matter of finding that perfect um, aligned fit for you because not everybody fits well together with them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Either. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And there's also, um, there's, you know, other things that are maybe a bit more um, passive possibly, or Mm -hmm. a lower investment if it's something you're interested in, but not Mm -hmm. super, you know, able or capable to invest your own money in right now, Mm -hmm. if the organization isn't on board, you know, in terms of podcasts or books and and that kind Mm -hmm. of good stuff as well. So that is, um, that's really helpful on where to look for some extra support if you're trying to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually have a client right now who is, she's recently stepped up into a management position mm-hmm. and she, same kind of deal, like doesn't really um, feel as though she's filling the shoes as well as she could be. And so mm-hmm. we've got her while we're doing our stuff together outside of our sessions I've got her you know listening to podcasts and finding other people who are the type of leaders that she would like to Mm -hmm. look up to to be able to you know follow along their journey because that's the thing right there's always somebody out there in the world who's done the thing that you're trying to do so you don't have to completely start from scratch or you don't have to make all of the mistakes on your own because you can follow along somebody else's journey but just you know, take on the good bits. (laughs) That's right. And really finding that person. I mean, there is some people Mm. who feel that other, if they've had to go through the rough patch to get to where they're at, then, then the other person should do that as well. And please don't put yourself one of those people. No, Um, really. It is a matter of uh, we're there to be able to help each other. And we're there to be able to say, Hey, you know what? Okay. I understand this piece. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So here's some recommendations. Should you choose to actually accept that recommendation and apply that recommendation? Um, You know, we're not meant to do things alone. So really just reach out, go go to a networking event, really start Mm -hmm. talking to people and and identifying like, how did you get to where you're at? So again, you know, along with the books and the podcasts and, and and things like those is is really to um, surround yourself with the people who you um, really love to be around that have those things that you're looking to achieve. And then it just kind of by default happens for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. We had a guest on um, a few weeks ago and she shared an episode all about utilizing LinkedIn and how she would, in a, in a way, find people through their LinkedIn profiles that had really interesting careers and that were in places that she saw herself wanting to be. And so she would then just reach out to them, connect with them and ask them, you know, hey, can I take you out for a coffee sometime? And she had some really beautiful discussions and made some great connections just by asking, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes it can be as simple as that. That's right. And that is um, a fantastic skill set to have, to be, to have that courage to go to a stranger Mm. and say, hey, can I take you out for coffee? Because I'd really love to to talk to you about this thing. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people will do that. So good on her for, for, for really doing that. That's, that's a courageous thing to do. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm super lucky that I have a podcast. I just say to people, hey, can I interview you on the podcast? You know, and then I ask all the questions that I want to know. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Because the questions that you have, somebody else is going to have oh, as well. And so yeah. you're that facilitator of the questions, right? So exactly. And I'm totally joking. I always have my... Um, <laughs> lovely listener lady in mind when I'm even you know thinking of guests and thinking of the types of questions to put together Mm -hmm. and things like that so um yeah and that's exactly why I wanted to get you on today because I feel like certain people listening have every opportunity to Mm -hmm. 
be a leader within their organization, whether that is the formal recognition of being a leader or just owning their role completely. But a lot of us, whether it's like a female conditioning thing or low self-belief, I'm unsure, but for some reason we just kind of don't do it. And I know myself, I've been in rooms full of like, you know, career experienced men at the table and taken it upon myself to just not say anything and just sit there and listen when the reality is I know that I had things that I could have and I should have said, but feeling like, well, I'm the youngest one here, you know, or I don't know as much as these people. I should be trying to learn off them kind of thing. But, you know, what would you say to um, or any kind of um, guidance for someone who right now doesn't think of themselves as a leader, probably because they're not recognized as one? Mm-hmm. Um, and how can they change that? And why should they think of themselves like a leader? Like what's the benefits behind doing this for yourself? Yeah, for, for, for me, it is my belief everyone is a leader, right? So whether that be you're leading yourself, you're leading your family, um, you're leading within the organization from an uh, influence perspective, which more people are leading from influence than they are actually in positions of leadership. And we need to recognize that authority isn't leadership either, right? So um, there's a lot of people in authority positions who aren't actually leading people. So that's probably for another day. However, <laughs> right? When, no, when- I think that's for today, for sure. <laughs> that sounds like some gold right there. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is, it is, it is really true that um, you know, a true leader is really going to be the one that is going to inspire others around them to be the best versions of themselves. So if that person, um, you know, you're the person that you have in mind here is sitting in, in, you know, that, that boardroom and they're the only one there, I would encourage for starters that they find themselves a sponsor within that group that mm-hmm. can ask Advocate. them that that's right. That can actually ask them a question. Um, however, it is that leader's responsibility to be able to go around the room and pick up the people that are quiet and ask them for their opinion. That's incredibly important. So if you are the leader of your if of your, of your team mm-hmm. and you have people within your charge, you need to talk to those people who are quiet and sitting back. Sometimes they're just contemplating. They have a, they have something to say that maybe they're waiting for everybody else. But then there's always those, you know, those few that always want to talk all the time. It's really the leader's responsibility to be able to then, you know, I'm going to say shut those ones down, <laughs> right? Mm. To be able to, to let, allow the other people into that, into that conversation. So a great leader will actually ask her what it is that, you know, her, her opinion is on something. Um, if that's not in place though, you definitely get a sponsor that can say, oh, by the way, maybe, you know, Mary <laughs> has something to say um, on this or or whatever it is, because really the fact is, is that there's more men in leadership roles than there are in women. And we need mm-hmm. them as allies in order to help um, integrate women more into some in, into those roles. Right. So grab yourself a sponsor or uh, um really that person that's by your side, start making, you know, conversations and uh, networking with, with the other folks as well too. And what you have to say matters. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, have, have your say, right? Is <laughs> one, two, three, let it out. It may feel uncomfortable at first. You might be sweating and everything like that. It, it's okay because eventually it'll, it'll feel a lot more comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like you've just got to, um, 
give it a go and, you know, put your hand up or kind of speak your truth those first few mm-hmm. times, no matter how scary or nerve wracking it may be. And then it does become more natural as you, as you get more experience with it and more practiced. Yeah. I think that sounds really um, insightful. And I've never heard that before around finding somebody else in the organization mm-hmm. who can advocate for you. And on reflection now as you've just said that I think back to all of my uh career experience I suppose and there's probably only that whole time been actually one person who became an an ally or an advocate in allowing me to to step up and actually be seen and heard and really uh I guess challenged that in me you know I didn't necessarily um outwardly want it I know I did Mm -hmm. and I it's so good for me but it is really nice when you do have somebody else who can actually um call forth that in you you know and yeah that's really insightful that actually just makes me want to send him a text and say hey thinking of you you know thanks for being so great in my career you taught me a lot (laughs) he would he would would love to hear it right it's one of these it's it is one of the things that um you know if, if you do have your own team is mm. to say thank you a lot. Write them a little mm. note. Um, you know, thank you. I, it, it's a practice that I that I did as well. Every mm. once in a while, the the team would come in and I would have handwritten um, thank you notes for thanking them for a particular thing that they had did. And of course, they were all different. Um, mm. You know, so fifteen notes later, but it was great, and uh, they really really appreciated it. I had people talking about it for a long time after I did that mm. as well. Just just show your gratitude and say uh, thank you for being you and thank you for doing what it is that you do for you know the outcome that you've had there for speaking up for volunteering for these things. Mm. It really goes a long way when you can see the people on your team. They feel a lot more valued and and uh, have that greater sense of belonging when you can do that. Mm, it's so powerful to mm-hmm. let people know that they're appreciated, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's every every instance of life. And if yeah. you can especially practice that in your day-to-day job or in your career, then that'll overflow into other areas of your life for sure. Now, I want to circle back to what you said before about um, that that leadership and the, uh, what was the word you used around? Authority. Um, yeah, authority. Yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit more about that because um I have a view where in my own experience there's been companies that I've worked for and I've noticed the people in management positions to me they were terrible um managers Mm -hmm. and even terrible leaders but it seemed that because they'd been there for 10 15 some even 20 years there was kind of Mm -hmm. nothing else left for them but to make them climb the ranks and um no real I guess extra training or development on how to really step into and own that role and do you think that that is in line with what you shared as well around authority Yes, we've we've definitely seen that where someone gets the um, a position based off of not how well they um, interact with other people, but based off of a skill set. And just because you're a really great engineer does not mean <laughs> that you are going to make a great people leader. Um, you, you know, we've seen so many bad instances of those those types mm. of things happening, and it's really detrimental detrimental to your team. So we see those people in authority who have authority over us. So maybe it's 
um, you know, someone higher up in the company or someone within government or something like that. So they're making, they're, they are uh, making decisions for you, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Without mm -hmm. your input into those decisions. And mm -hmm. they not, they don't necessarily have your best interests at heart when they're making those decisions. So just because you were in a position of power or a power or a position of authority, definitely does not mean by default that you are a leader. You can be both mm -hmm. when you can really embody both of those aspects. It, is, it does not come by default though. Mm. What is the, I guess, what are the key differences between mm -hmm. leadership and management? Leadership and management can be that, you know, from that supervisory place of this, is, these are the goals that we have to create here, go do your thing right? Mm. They're really there um, to be able to, you know, provide some of that, provide some of that direction, but mm -hmm. they're not there to help you along the way. They don't help you with that development piece. They don't have the feedback conversations with you. They don't have the crucial conversations with you. And they're really not helping you become a better human being, mm. right? So, you know, that, that leader is going to have their ego set aside and they're going to realize that, you know, I'm going to actually legitimately care about the people that are within my charge. I am going to employ empathy. I know how to, I know what <laughs> emotional intelligence is, and I know how to use it properly, right? Just because mm -hmm. you can say something doesn't mean you should say something. And really it's, it's providing people with those opportunities. So every once in a while, someone says, well, I, I just want to be nice and I want to be liked. Great. Right. That, that is not it's that's nice to, to be in that. But you're going to because you are in that leadership space, there's mm. going to be some really tough decisions that you're going to be making. And that leadership space really brings the humanness back to the beautiful art of leadership. It's not simply about giving you a task um, to do something it is, or micromanaging. That's never a leader. Um, mm. but it, it, it really is saying, how can I help this person be the best possible version of them? Mm. Right. Because when you can, when you can do that, it helps the other people grow. It really helps the other people grow around with them. So when you can, you know, um, you know, look at yourself from that personal aspect, because you are your foundation, you are your nucleus of, of your, of your world. So when you can have a really solid foundation, um, then you really know how to build upon that. And you're not afraid that somebody else is going to take your job because, um, you've shown them how to do something, you know, you, you identify how to, how to, appropriately delegate people to be able to help them grow um, as well. Giving someone uh, a less than positive feedback on something doesn't mean that you're a, a, a bad leader. You mm. actually care enough about them to help yeah. them improve something in within their work life. Mm. Wow. I wonder how many people listening are thinking that, or I guess noticing just in what we're talking about their own career situation and um, maybe their managers or if they are a manager, um, how they show up, whether it's more on the management side, or less on the leadership side, or being able to have uh, a balance of both. And I wish that there were more organizations that really, um, I guess, were open and, and aware of this stuff and wanted to have this in their teams you know and with that being said and I guess recognizing that certain places are still behind the game and that they just 
lead traditional organizations that aren't necessarily optimized Mm -hmm. for actually leadership and bringing out the best in your people. How can anybody in their own day job really become a leader within their team, even if like what you said before, they're not recognized as a leadership or even a management position? What are some like tangible things that we could be doing to really feel like we're leaders in our organizations? A lot of the times when you're when you're recognized, well, you might not be recognized as the leader, but you're the go-to person. People are going to come, people are going to be coming to you all the time to say, hey, can you help me with this? And it's not that people-pleasing aspect. It is taking on um, extra responsibilities. It is leading a project or organization. It is volunteering to give um, a presentation on something. It is really stepping out and, you know, Perhaps your your organization has different groups and committees and things that you can be on to really help that overall culture piece um, within within your organization. Because when when people are not happy within their role, they will go somewhere else. Mm. And this is one thing that the last three years <laughs> really have taught <laughs> taught us. Mm. It doesn't have to be the way that it used to be. In fact, people don't want the way that it used to be, and people want to have, um, you know, a better culture that they're that they're in within their organizations. Um, they they really want uh, a company that that cares about their human being, right? Mm-hmm. That understands that the the people within your organization are your most valuable assets. Mm-hmm. Right? And if they're not going to find it there and you can't provide that, so the companies that are lagging behind, they're going to find it with attrition. So they're going to act, they're going to have a harder time, um, you know, attracting and retaining Mm. people within their organization, because if they, if they're not flexible enough, if they're not providing that, that person Mm -hmm. with what it is that they're looking for that belonging piece, they will go somewhere else. They will oh. because it exists there elsewhere. So they will find it and they will leave. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I help half my clients to do. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy here. I want to go. So help me with an exit strategy, right? Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, I, I'm proud to be able to help people mm-hmm. to do that because I think it's it's better to to not be where you don't feel at home or, you know, not feel like you're valued or you're able to mm-hmm. um I guess, feel some kind of fulfillment or contentment within your role because you spend so much time working. So why would you want to be anywhere that you hate, you know? So I love being able to help clients to get out of those types of situations (laughs) where they're like, I am not getting anywhere here and this is not fulfilling any form of need other than putting food on my table. So let's, you know, work on creating something better for ourselves how you mentioned about being the go-to person in the organization what are some ways that a person can practically go about doing that and and becoming that person who people go to for um the questions and the insights and the hey can I just pick your brain on something is that something that I guess only comes with time or are there ways that you can kind of accelerate those learnings um, in your own journey? Yeah, it, it is going to take time for people to know who you are, right? And that they can come to you. It is important to ensure that you are fulfilling the obligations of your role first, right? Um, prior to you being able to go out there and, and you know, help the rest of the company with whatever concerns or, or situations that they really have. 
it, it is really putting yourself out there saying, I, I can do this, volunteering for it, um, you know, stepping up to um, facilitate that meeting, right? When people can see that in you, people are going to give you more opportunities. If you sit back and you hide, um, you are doing yourself a great disservice. So it, it, it will take you putting yourself out there, you know, putting, getting a little bit more courageous and, 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 and really saying, Hey, this is something that I'm interested in and talk to people that, you know, um, are in, in positions that perhaps you'd like to be in and figure out how they got there and then start doing some of those things really as well. And being open, right. Have your boundaries obviously, and, mm-hmm. and, and be open to, you know, having different conversations with people and taking on new things and new challenges. Um, and you will make yourself, uh, that, that go-to person really by default. Mm-hmm. Have and conversations with people. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so awesome. And something that comes to mind as well is that as you're on this journey of becoming a leader within your own team, your own organization, mm-hmm. um, becoming indispensable, um, and really that that go-to person is that can lead you to so many amazing places mm-hmm. in your career that you won't even be able to um define until it starts happening you know if when I look back at my own career when I was in radio if I hadn't have been so curious to do community work and to put my hand up to be an MC or a judge or a speaker go talk to these kids at high school or university or whatever just doing all these random things and putting myself outside of my comfort zone I probably never would have been here today, you know? And so it's those things that really can um, pave the way for what becomes your whole life. And you just can't really put a, I guess, a timeline or put a specific roadmap for what that looks like because you there's just no way of knowing. You know, unless you have like a crystal ball, you're not really going to be able to tell what's going to come from any of it other than hopefully more enjoyment, fulfillment and um relationships along the way that's right and really understanding like you know what does this mean to me why do I really want it and it's Mm. not just the first answer you come across and Mm. what is the meaning behind that Mm. right so understanding why it is you want to be in that leadership position in the first place Mm -hmm. and not attaching yourself to the outcome you think is going to get you there right so typically when we're looking at, you know, why is it that you want to do something, we're probably going five to seven layers deep and really understanding <laughs> what that is. Yes. And, and, and it, it more than likely is going to be attached to an emotion. There's some sort of emotion that is driving you to want mm-hmm. to be a leader. So you really have to dig in and, and understand what that looks like and know that maybe you're not going to have that leadership or maybe you're not going to have people within your charge. Um, however, there are other ways to get to that fulfillment piece that you mm-hmm. that you really are that you really are looking for yeah mm, that's so fascinating and I say that to all my clients as well with anything when it comes to like goals life direction career know why and oh. go deep with that why and make sure it's a why that's so strong in you that it's going to mm-hmm. get you out of bed in the morning and I think that's the reality when it comes to your career is I don't know whether it's a, a generational thing. It's I think it's definitely a generational thing because <laughs> here's the story. When I um, first started working, I, I, I guess I see it now a lot too in that people who first enter the workforce want to get paid 
a, a salary as if they've been doing it professionally for you know quite a lot of time and we're really quick to compare our wage to other people who have been in the industry or in the role for a lot longer than we have and part of me feels a lot of that can come from where we got our education from if our education was a university say degree that might have cost 50 to 100,000 New Zealand dollars, you might then feel that you instantly need to be paid, you know, a certain amount. Whereas I guess what I learned is that by doing things first, and so for instance, I did a lot of voluntary work before I was ever paid and before I ever had a um, full-time job in radio, I'd already been doing stuff with them, just like that annoying person who showed up, they never had to pay me, but I was, they <laughs> saw me a lot. And yeah. um so what I've always learned is to to do the work first. And I feel like that's what you're saying and the having the conversations and being curious and, you know, learning these different things that come over time. But knowing that if you, I guess, have that as your intention first, the payoff can come after. And what I'm trying to say is that you're not always paid for things before you do it. I get a lot of people talking to me about, um, well, you know, I'm I'm going to learn this or I'm going to pick up this new aspect of work so I have to get paid for it from day one. Whereas what I got taught from that mentor who I mentioned earlier, who I need to send a text message to after this, he taught me to do the work first and then let your results speak for themselves. And in doing that, I was able to get uh, like a $6,000 bonus, you know, and another $6,000 pay rise just by on reflection saying to my boss, hey, here's the results I've gotten for you in the past six months. Can I have a pay rise, please? (laughs) You know, rather than this is what I want to do. Can you pay me the money now? That's right. When you can, you know, if if there is a leadership position and you have been, uh, maybe you have been the delegate, right? Maybe you've done all these things. You are developing those skills to give yourself a better chance um, of of, uh, gaining that new opportunity that that is coming your way. So yes, absolutely. And I'm going to touch a little bit about, you know, we have a whole generation of people who were given participation Hopefully this doesn't trigger. There's probably going to trigger somebody on this one. It's okay. We, it's okay. We gave participation ribbons for everybody. Um, I'm Canadian, so hockey is a big thing here. You know, you, your kids can only get a certain number of goals, and any time after that, they didn't actually count, right? Because it had yeah. to be fair, and everything has to be fair. Mm-hmm. The reality is, we've created this um, generation that of people that don't know how to lose, right? In reality. If there is a job opening, there is one person getting it, right? And maybe when they're in that position, they figure, okay, well, I've been here for uh, eight months. How come I'm not the CEO of the company yet? Well, you have to give yourself some time. (laughs) And it's a reality because they actually feel like, oh, I've done something wrong here. This must be me. Yeah, because I'm supposed to be, you know, the CEO of the company by now because I've been here a whole eight months. Mm. And they're really doing themselves a disservice. So it, it really is, you do have to work your way um, you know, in that company. And what you can do is, again, show up, show up as the Mm -hmm. best version of you show up as the person that says good morning to everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Be that be that person volunteer for those things in earlier in my career with the company, because I love volunteering, I would volunteer for absolutely everything. This was before kids, everything, everything, everything. And that ended up being like the CEO of the company knew who I was. I didn't know that they said, Oh, hi, we know you do this. And I'm like, oh, how, how about that? Right. This is a multi-billion dollar company. 
right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that work for this company wow. and mm -hmm. they knew who I was because I always put myself out. I mean, it's something that I loved and there was no mm -hmm. ulterior motive besides me mm -hmm. just loving to do it. And, mm -hmm. and, and in fact, they, they actually knew, knew who I was. So it was great. And all that, those things really build on each other. They're, they're, they're simply building blocks to help you um, really get to where it is that you want to be. And if the comp and if you're not getting somewhere where you want to be within your company, there's other options for you as well. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have a client who has a really clear path for where she mm -hmm. sees herself. And so what we always talk about is, you know, where you're at right now, while it's not necessarily where you want to be long term, what else can you be learning here mm -hmm. that's then going to make your um, next job application or, you know, when that role comes up at a different organization, that is the role you want, what's going to make you more likely to be the one who actually gets that job? You know, Pretty what down. can we do now rather than waiting and, and waiting and wishing we can actually, um, I guess, take not take control as such, but take charge. And there's extra things we can learn now. For instance, when I first started in radio, I was in promotions and I only ever wanted to be in promotions, you know? So I thought that that was, that was fun. That was a good vibe. And I always had the idea in my mind that after a few years though, I would move into sales because that's where the big bucks is. And in my vision, I was like, <laughs> I'll have kids. I'll have a family. I'll make money in radio. Yeah. But I got to Auckland, which in terms of New Zealand, like that's the place to be for radio. So I got to a promotions role in Auckland mm -hmm. and that is where I got to see the radio announcers every single day. It was like a clear glass wall and you got to see them talking and laughing and playing the music and my dream just instantly switched. And that is when I decided I need to be a radio announcer. Mm -hmm. And how it actually came about is I became the yes person for any time the music um, the music guy would send out an email saying, hey guys, I need someone to do a show on Saturday until midnight. I would reply and say, I'll do it. And it was probably a solid three, four months of me replying saying, hey, I'll do it before I actually went and spoke to him. And I said, I've emailed you every time saying I'll do it and you never let me do it, you know? And the reason why is because he was so busy. He didn't have time to train me. So then oh, what I did yeah. is I said, I, I realized, right? Like you can, you can eventually see or find the reasons why for anything if you dig hard enough. Mm -hmm. And I realized he doesn't have the space to train me. He's too busy, too full. So why don't I get somebody else to train me? So I said to him, hey, there's this Saturday shift you're trying to fill. If I get the Friday night shift guy to teach me what to do, will you let me go on on Saturday? And he said, okay, I'll give you a shot. And I went in on Friday, spent like four hours with the Friday night guy, learned what buttons to press, how to talk, all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Saturday I did my shift. And then from then on, I think I had one shift a month, which then went to two shifts a month, which then mm -hmm. went to every single week, which then went to working literally seven days a week, my job plus on air announcing now. And then anytime any full-time announcer was sick, I would fill in for them. And I was quite lucky in the sense that I did get paid for those shifts, but mm -hmm. it was, you know, I still had to do my full-time job as well. So it got very overwhelming, but same thing happened to me as what happened to you. Mm -hmm. I eventually had a conversation with the big boss and he said to me, Janelle, we've got a job opening in three weeks time and we want you to apply for it. And it wasn't a, this is your job, this is for you, yep. but it was, you've been putting your hand up so much. We clearly know that you want this hard enough now. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give you a shot to apply. Mm -hmm. And 
that then is when after putting in these months and months and months of like slogging hours and exhaustion and seven days a week, mind you, kind of what you said before, I was in my early 20s, right? So you yeah. have energy to do it. Like, it's fine. That's you right. just live off these and coffee. It's all good. Three hours of sleep, it's good. But that hard work up front, I suppose, is what then allowed me to mm-hmm. be able to reap the rewards and to progress that career so much further rather than sitting there, like your example before, mm-hmm. for eight months thinking, why aren't I the CEO yet? It's like I actually was able to propel myself in about eight months from this nobody who was just doing promotions to a person being offered an interview for a full-time on-air position. And that was never in my plan ever. And it just kind of happened, you know? That's right. When you put yourself out there, it's, it's amazing the opportunities that can come your way because, because of that, that it's, 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 it's things that you haven't even thought of yet, right? Mm -hmm. You get closer to your dream, your dream gets bigger, your goals get bigger. You can't see them. You can't see them right now in the position that you're sitting. You will see them later, though. So right now, you know, you're sitting in um, what used to be a dream for you. Right. And now you have new goals that you can actually go, go, you know, go for. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that you do put some action behind it. Um, Things aren't okay unless things aren't typically just going to fall in your lap, right? Oh, God, no. Maybe an extraordinary person, an extraordinary manifester mm-hmm. just to just to have things fall in your lap. However, when you can use that applied action and, and do those things, it's things come quicker, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. thing and new things come about that you might have thought, oh, well, I, that wasn't even in within within my my radar, but that's a really cool thing. So maybe I'm going to explore that now because you put mm-hmm. yourself out there and not a lot of people will. So good on you for putting yourself out there and, and and really encouraging other people to 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 do that as well. You never know what that next yes will lead you to. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that is my mission and what I do is to be my own testament in mm-hmm. meaning that like, hey, this is the proof is in the pudding. I've done all of this stuff and I've got into this place and you can too. And obviously the journey looks different mm-hmm. for everyone, but you still get there in the end, even though, like you say, you don't know exactly what that looks like and that evolves and changes over time. You've just got to start. But I think there are so many people who we get caught up in wanting to know the how and wanting to know the path, whether that's some fear of control or just, you know, wanting to mm-hmm. to know that we're going to be held, that it actually holds us back and it it stops us in our tracks before we ever start. Do you notice that much with the people that you work with today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, sometimes, I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, when people come to see me, they, sometimes they're they're, they're, they're way past overwhelmed. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we really don't want people to, to really, to get to that place, but essentially all you really need to do is just take one small step at a time. We're not saying, um, it's like running a marathon. You're not going to, you've never run before, right. You're not going <laughs> to do that the next day. You really yeah. are going to have to train yourself, uh, and be motivated and, um, you know, inspire yourself enough to be able to, to, to take those steps and really look at them from, uh, if you know what you want, so I, I like to do for a goal setting, I do a reverse engineered process to it. So we go far further out, get the bigger idea of uh, the feelings that they want to have Me and then really bring, mm-hmm. really bring that back mm-hmm. into the, mm-hmm. into the goals. So when you have that larger vision as to what it is that you would like to achieve, 
every time that you make a decision on something, you have to ask yourself, is that going to get, is that going to help push me towards my goal? Or is that going to actually push me away from my goal? Then you get to make a decision and a choice to say, I'm going to take this way or I'm going to take this way. I, either way, you've made your decision. Uh, you just need to really know and understand that this is a good one. <laughs> this will lead me towards it. And this one is not going to lead, you know, it's going to push me further away from, from my goal. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And the more we do that, the better we get at that, the easier that gets, the more natural it becomes and the further mm -hmm. we can move faster. This has been such a wonderful conversation, Leslie, and I'm so grateful for your time this evening. Before we wrap up, is there mm -hmm. anything else that you feel is, you know, really on your heart that you want to share that can help the lovely lady who is listening right now at home in the car going for walk uh, going for a walk or potentially even sitting at her desk working <laughs> believe in you right you have everything that you already need within you it's a matter of going in and discovering and uncovering what that is within you so don't be afraid like uh, to go in and to to really delve into in in, in into you to find out you know who are you what is it that you stand for and what is it that you truly want? And then set your life really um, around that. So we can get really curious about another person. We can, you know, find out everything that we want to know about that person, but we're often afraid to talk, you know, to, to, to dig in and, and ask ourselves those, those same questions. Mm. I think sometimes it's because we're afraid of what the answer is actually going to be, which is okay, which is okay. When you have a really great understanding of, who you are as the human being, mm -hmm. what it is that you desire, where you're at right now, um, what do I desire, and then figure out how to how to you know fill the gap, right? Create that path. Um, you are. It's definitely going to pay off for you um, massively with within your career because as you work on your the, your human being, so your personal aspect. As this develops, everything else in your life develops and it forces mm -hmm. everybody around you to do it as well, too. So really look at yourself and understand, you know, am I good where I'm at or is there something else that I that I want uh, and, and really go go for that? And it, and it is an, an exponential um, growth opportunity when you learn, the other people around you learn, which means they then have to approach you differently, which means then they have to have different conversations with you, which means they learn something and then they take that into their into their world as well. So there really is that exponential um, effect when you um, when you learn and you grow and you heal and, and, and you develop yourself as your human being first before you try to develop anything else. Mm, wow, that is incredible. Um, I have got your links in the description below. So ladies, go click, check out Leslie's website and your social media. It is all below and follow her, check out all of her goodness. And um, thank you so much for being on the show today. I feel like this conversation is, um, you know, it's one that might take a few times listening to to really be able to soak in those learnings we talked about quite a lot of like high level stuff today and I love that you were able to make it as practical as possible um and then also acknowledging that for a lot of us listening it's probably like the first time we've ever thought of the possibility of making ourselves a leader in our own lives you know yeah. and, and especially career so thank you very much for your time today 
Thank you very much. I really enjoyed my time here with you today. Yay. Oh, that's so cool. I'm just going to hit end 